Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to uh, worship uh, here today at Bullhealthy Church, and a happy new year to one and all of you. One of the advantages of having not that many folk in church this morning is that I've managed to get around everybody and wish them a happy new year before we even get started. Uh, so I hope you enjoyed your uh, celebrations last night, and it's great that you're here with us in church today. Short maybe in numbers, but as I always say, it's quality, not quantity. It's great that you're here. Um, just a couple of uh, wee announcements before we begin. Uh, just to say Coffee Haven will be starting up again, not this coming Tuesday, but the Tuesday after, Tuesday the 10th at 10 o'clock, and you're all welcome to come. And just a wee reminder about the Burns Supper that's happening uh, later in January, the 28th of January, in the Forsyth Hall. If you're able to help at all with that, uh, in terms of entertainment, or in, just in terms of practical help, uh, Ali Cruikshank would love to hear from you. So those are all our announcements for this morning. Um, some of you will know that uh, over the last few years I've tended to call this service uh, the cheese board because after all the feasting of Christmas uh, I try and keep things light on this Sunday and I bring you a selection of tasty short stories gathered around a theme and given that uh, today's New Year's Day I thought that change would be a good theme to look at this morning. There's an old story about a woman who was visiting a church for the first time and she left her wee one in the creche and as she did so she noticed that there was a bible reference above the uh, the doorway of the creche and it just said first corinthians 15 51 and when she went back to her pew in the church she picked up one of the pew bibles and she looked it up and she couldn't help but have a wee smile to herself because that particular verse says we may not all be sleeping but we shall all be changed from the cradle uh, to the grave, change is an unavoidable facet of life. How do we deal with it? How do we harness it for growth? Where is God in the middle of it? These are some of the themes that we'll be looking at a wee bit this morning through our three stories. But we're going to begin by singing uh, hymn 192, All My Hope on God is Founded. And I've chosen that hymn this morning for one particular line which says, Me through change and chance he guideth, only good and only true. So let's worship God together on this New Year's Day.
So three stories this morning about uh, change. And the first one is from George Mackay Brown, uh, an Arcadian author and poet who's recognized as one of Scotland's finest writers of last century. Mackay Brown tells local stories that give a wonderful flavor of life on Orkney, but he also weaves myth and legend and faith into the telling so that somehow these small, unremarkable stories always touch on deep and eternal themes. Uh, I read one at this service last year called The Box of Fish, and this one is called The Paraffin Lamp. So it's quite short, but just make yourselves comfortable and listen to this wee story about change. I can still see him coming home from the peat hill in his cart long after the other farmers had taken their peats home by tractor or lorry. He did have a tractor, but most of the time it rusted in the shed. His horse, Sammy, was the last horse on the island. It worked for him and he was kind and patient with it for as long as the creature had strength to plough or to cart. Once it began to fail, he would not tolerate suggestions that it ought to be shot. Sammy had been his friend and fellow earth worker for 20 years and more. He tended it with great gentleness till the last breath was out of its once powerful body. Then he dug a deep grave for Sammy. A few of the neighbors came to help with the burial. They saw the old man's mouth moving while the first clods were being kicked and shoveled in. And then they thought it sounded like a prayer or a piece of a psalm. He took them back to the croft house and poured out a bottle of whiskey for the buriers. You could hardly call them mourners. He was a man who lived entirely in the past. He disliked all the fruits of progress that his fellow islanders were beginning to splurge on. Motor cars, wireless sets, gramophones, bakehouse bread, Edinburgh beer. One morning, the goodwives in every farm and croft turned a tap and out gushed sparkling water for the first time. What an improvement that was! The old man went on taking his two pails to the well on the side of Wilderfay. Now, Thomas, look here, said the minister one day when he was visiting. This won't do at all. Your life would be very much easier if you marched with the times. Can't you see that? What's wrong with a wireless set? Next time at the presbytery at meeting, at, I'm at the presbytery meeting in Kirkwall. I'll get you one cheap for a few pounds. I know a place. How fine it is to hear the news and the weather forecast and the Scottish dance music and that hearth over there and the iron chain for hanging your pots and kettles on. Man, Thomas, the women here are never done praising their stoves. What a change it's made in their lives. If you had running water too, what a lot cleaner you could get your shirts and your bedclothes and everything. There was silence for a while on each side of the hearth. The old man seemed to be considering the minister's advice. He said after a while that the worst thing that had happened in the Kirk in his time was when they started singing man-made hymns in place of the Psalms of David. 
Could the minister not raise that matter at the next presbytery meeting in Kirkwall? The minister rose and pressed the old, rough, rheumatic hand and went away with a sigh. As soon as he was gone, the crofter lit his pipe and looked under the bed for a bottle of ale. The next thing to go down under the march of progress was the Tilly lamp. They had hissed and glared on every farm dresser for 20 winters and more. In a month or two, electricity was to come to the island. The electricians from the town had a busy time of it, wiring every house for the great switch on. The wives brought cookers, irons, radios, toasters, fan heaters, fires. A few even went so far as to inquire about refrigerators. That spring, the old man fell ill with influenza or some other infection. He had been failing slowly, of course, for years, and with great reluctance he accepted the kindly offer of Josh Heddle to plough out his field with a tractor. It was as though a machine would somehow desecrate his acres. And one day in late summer, when the old man was slowly recovering from his illness, but still not able to smoke his pipe, Josh stood in the door and said he'd just finished cutting the old man's harvest and it was a good crop. The old man thanked Josh. Then he reached up to a tea caddy in the mantelpiece and opened it and took out a roll of notes and gave Josh five pounds. That was where he kept his wealth. He didn't trust banks. Then a week later, he had a relapse. This is the end of him, said the islanders. Poor old Thomas. They carried him down to the pier on a stretcher and they shipped him to the hospital in Kirkwall. While he was away, the minister and a few others decided that if he was ever to come back, the old man could not go on living in the same conditions of hardship. We'll do nothing rash, said the minister. We'll not overwhelm him all at once with all the benefits of science but it's time that old paraffin lamp was done away with. It's impossible to read by it. Dangerous too, if he were to knock it over. Thomas, if he comes home, will come home to a bright electric bulb in the ceiling. Thomas did come home after a month at the start of winter. He had fought off the illness some of the dark power of the earth, hoarded slowly over many generations, was still in him. He thanked the islanders for all their kindness to him. He thanked them for the pear-shaped, opaque thing hanging from his ceiling. So that was what an electric light was like. John Heddle switched it on, and the interior of Biggendale had never been so bright. That evening, when the minister went along to see how the old man was after his journey, he found him reading the pilgrim's progress by the dim light of the paraffin lamp. He was very pleased to see the minister. He said that was a very handy thing, the electric light. He could see by it to fill his old lamp and trim the wick and light it with a wisp of straw from the fire.
Let's pray together. Father, we bless you for the familiarity of the things that give us our place in life, our homes, our people, our ways. We cherish them and we recognize that in no small part they have shaped us into the people we've become for good and for ill. Thank you for the blessings of stability and routine, for the wisdom that resists the constant acquisition of more and more just for the sake of it, for the simplicity that allows us to be content with what we have rather than chasing after what we don't have and probably don't need. But spare us from the error of closing the door on new experience and wider horizons because we fear the loss of our place in the world and not being in control. May our identity be so rooted in you that we can meet change not with fear but with hope and curiosity, wondering what new doors you will open up to us and what new ways you will lead us in as we venture on in faith, trusting in the one who is ever old and ever new, our ancient newborn Saviour, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Our next hymn is Great is Thy Faithfulness.
Eugene Peterson's book, Leap Over a Wall, is a collection of uh, reflections on spirituality based on the life of King David. And one of the things that Peter expands on is the important difference between growth and change. And this is part of what he says in his book. He says, when we grow in contrast to merely change, we venture into new territory and we include more people in our lives. We serve more and we love more. Our culture is filled with change, but it's poor in growth. New things, models, developments, opportunities are announced breathlessly every hour. But instead of becoming ingredients in a long and wise growth, they simply replace what has gone before. The previous is discarded and the new thing taken up until bored by the novelty, we run after the next fad. Men and women drawn always to the new never grow up. God's way is growth, not merely change. David at 37 was more than he was at 17. More praise, saner counsel, deeper love, more himself, more his God-given and God-glorifying humanity. A longer stride, a larger embrace. And the words that stood out to me in that passage were God's way is growth, not merely change. If we were to sit down and to talk about how we as individuals have grown in our faith over the last year, over the last 10 years, I wonder what we'd say. Would we be able to talk in those terms? Is it on our radar? The writer John C. Maxwell says that change is inevitable in life, but growth is optional. It's something you have to intentionally pursue. This, of course, is a time in the year for looking back and also for making new beginnings. And that's why I've provided a wee resource in the order of service that might help us all reflect on this as we go into the new year. Uh, it's a series of questions to get you thinking about where growth has come in your life over the last year and where you would like to see growth in the year ahead. And I'd encourage you to consciously set aside some time to work through these questions on your own and maybe even write down your reflections as you go. And that way, when it comes to this time next year, you'll be able to look back and reflect on how you've done Folks, we are, almost all of us here, old enough to know that life is trickling through our fingers like sand. And it's important that we make the most of it, and not merely just change, but to consciously make the effort to grow as people in the time that God blesses us with. I'm going to lead us now in a short prayer that I came across uh, earlier this week when I was preparing and it's about some of the ways that we might change in the coming year and as you listen 
uh, and indeed we'll have a, a wee bit of time after this just to meditate on these words to some music. Um, after I've prayed the prayer, take a few moments just to reflect on these words as you hear them or as you see them on the screen. And think if there's one or two things up there that are particularly resonating with you as we pray them this morning. These might be things that God wants to, to help you grow in over the next year. So first of all, I'll just pray the prayer. And then once we've done that, Mark will trigger a little bit of music to give us some time and space just to reflect together. So let's pray. Faithful God, divine companion, in this new year we pray to live deeply with purpose, to live freely with confidence, to live wisely with humility, to live justly with compassion, to live lovingly with fidelity, to live mindfully with awareness, to live gratefully with generosity, to live fully with enthusiasm. Lord, help me to hold this vision and to daily renew it in my heart, becoming ever more one with you, my truest self. We will take a moment just to reflect on those words for ourselves with the music. Our next hymn is number 565, How Can I Keep From Singing?
going to end this morning with uh, a story of spiritual change. Mark, is the microphone on? That's better. Thank you. You can maybe turn it down just a fraction, please. Thanks. So this is a story of spiritual change, and it comes from uh, a book by a guy called Brad Jersak, and the book is In Incarnation and Inclusion, Abba and Lamb. And Brad's book is about how God, just as in the story of Peter and Cornelius, is often drawing people to himself before they even know his name. If you don't know that story, Cornelius was a a Roman centurion, a God-fearer, and God was very much at work in his life uh, before Peter had got anywhere near his door. And in fact, God had appeared to Peter in a a dream uh, through an angel, and he said, go and visit this guy, Cornelius, because he's ripe. I'm doing things in his life. And Peter went and was shocked that God would be at work in the life of a Gentile centurion. But he was. And that's what Brad's book is all about. These spiritual encounters that people are having with God before they even know uh, quite what's going on. At this time of year, we often read uh, these words from John's Gospel. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. Well, this is a story about that light whose name, as Christians, we are privileged to know, Jesus the Christ. And the woman telling this story that Brad recounts, the woman's called Esther, and she's a Christian who's working in a secular institution where you have to be very careful not to be seen to be bringing religion into your work and overt talk about Jesus or faith is discouraged. So she's working with some very marginalized and often quite unwell people in the context of her work. And Esther says, recently I sat with a disturbed young man of 26 as his emotions washed over him in tsunami-like waves. He wept from a very deep place in his heart. Although no words passed between us, I sat in solidarity with him as emotion after emotion erupted within him and we shared a tender, sacred space together. Stanley had tried to commit suicide the evening before. The pain of his aloneness was too great. Cutting his own throat felt like a relief from the pain of the loneliness that he felt. Stanley believed in his own words that he was a lone wolf and a black sheep with no place in this world. I would constantly hear those words coming from him and they'd become the sum total of who he thought he was. He believed that lie. But the truth is, Stanley is one of the sweetest, kindest, funniest guys you could ever meet. As I sat with Stanley, I wondered if he could see light in the darkness of what he was feeling. I asked him if he could see it. He said that he couldn't. I asked him if the light were to come to him, what it might look like. And again, he had no answer. 
Then I took a risk, turned to him and said, Stanley, look in my eyes. He looked. I said, Stanley, can you see the light in my eyes? Yes, I can, he said. Stanley, I said, if that light could speak, what would the light say to you? He paused and he said, it says, I'm a kind person with a good heart and I'm worthy of belonging and love. It was my turn to become undone, said Esther. Stanley, I asked, do you believe that? He said that he found it hard to believe, but he'd try. I asked if he could write down the words that he'd heard from the light, and he agreed. But to my dismay, he wrote down the words, I am a lone wolf and a black sheep, and I have no place in this world. I reminded him that those were the lies that had almost taken his life. And I asked him how he would feel if we destroyed those words, and he agreed. So we burned them together. I lit the paper on fire and we watched silently as letter by letter the words disappeared into smoke and ashes. Stanley, those words are gone. We watched them burn, I said. Now let's try again. Let's write down the words you heard from the light in my eyes. I watched as Stanley wrote, and this time it said, I am a kind person with a good heart and I am worthy of belonging and love. My heart smiled. He said that he felt a little better and in the coming days, whenever Stanley reverted to the black sheep and lone wolf motif, I asked him to remember the words that the light had spoken to him. And as the weeks progressed, I watched Stanley's transformation. Over time, the light overcame the darkness. Now you'll never hear him say he's a lone wolf or a black sheep. Now you'll hear him say, hi, my name's Stanley. I'm a kind person with a good heart and I'm worthy of belonging and love. Now he says he feels like he is a member of the world, like he belongs. He's found a job, he's found a friend, and he loves his life. Light transformed the darkness within. And Stanley believes what the light said to him. He feels that change inside of him. He says he feels the light within. Stanley is thankful for the light that speaks. So am I. And so is the world as his healing ripples out into the universe. The light has been about his work and we continue to pray that in his own time, Stanley will not just get to know him, but will get to know him by name. Next hymn is number 707, Healing River of the Spirit.
Let's take a moment to pray together now. God of this new year, we are walking into mystery. We face the future not knowing what changes the days and months will bring to us or how we will respond. Be love in us as we journey. May we welcome all who come our way. Deepen our faith to see all of life through your eyes. Fill us with hope an abiding trust that you dwell in us, even in the midst of joys and sorrows. Be with all whom we carry with us in our hearts this morning, and for whom we pray peace, rest, and kind companionship. Bring the best out of us for the sake of this world that you love and died to save. Thank you for the treasure of our faith life. Thank you for the gift of being able to rise each day with the assurance of your walking through the day with us. God of this new year, we praise and we thank you. And we gather all our prayers together in the words that Jesus taught us, saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. One last hymn before we finish, but just a couple of wee things to, to say before we close. There's tea and coffee available in the hall afterwards. If you're able to, to stay and join us for that, you'd be welcome to. Uh, next Sunday, we're going to have our regular church service over in the hall. It's not going to be all age. We'll keep that till the 15th, but on the 8th, we're going to just meet across in the hall. We'll put the chairs out uh, as normal. Um, and we're, we're trying to do this January, February and March uh, just to cut down on the heating bills a wee bit because as you can imagine it takes a lot of gas to heat a building this size. Um, so we're meeting next Sunday in the hall, usual time at 11 o'clock. And then lastly, just to say again, uh, as we bring this kind of season to a close, a big thank you to everybody who has gone the extra mile uh, to make this Christmas very, very special in our life together as a church. You know who you are. I won't rehearse everybody's names, but the folk who've done music, who've decorated, who've catered. It's been a lot of work, and uh, we do thank you all for the work that you've done. So, this is a good one to go out with on New Year's Day. Uh, hymn number 526. This is a day of new beginnings.
go with faith into the unknown future, knowing the one who goes with us into all that will happen. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you all, now and forevermore.